Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. Welcome to She Talks Peace. A podcast that highlights the role of women peacebuilders around the world in bringing lasting peace and security to their communities. Eavesdrop into their conversations and get to know their stories. From the Philippines to Malaysia, from Indonesia to Palestine, from Myanmar to the United States. Their dreams and their hopes for a world without violence and a world where every woman and girl can be whoever she wants to be. Hosted by Amina Rasul Bernardo, President of the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy, and Dina Zaman, a Malaysian journalist and co-founder of Iman Research. This is She Talks Peace. Hello, dear listeners. This is Amina Rasul from the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy saying salam, hi, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. From hot and humid Manila. So, let me now get you updated about some of the interesting things that's going on in, in my country. Last week, the United Nations commended our Presidential Peace Advisor, Secretary Carlito Galvez Jr., for his role in advancing the Bangsamoro peace process in his stint as our advisor on peace, reconciliation, and unity. In fact, the UN resident coordinator in the Philippines, Gustavo Gonzalez, cited Secretary Galvez's uh, commitment and professionalism in peace-building efforts, many of which were done in collaboration with the UN, and let me say, in collaboration with civil society. And I couldn't agree more. Secretary Galvez, or Sec Charlie, as we fondly call him, his support for the peace process has been instrumental in strengthening the foundation for peace in Muslim Mindanao. Now, let me tell you something about the peace process. You know, we had a conversation uh, in an earlier episode about the problems of the peace process in Myanmar that uh, sectors, communities, especially the youth, have given up that the junta is sincere about coming to the peace process and they're now actually organizing their own liberation army from the community up. Well, they have much to learn from the peace process in the Philippines with the Moro Islamic Liberation Front or MILF. And let me tell you, the peace process between our government and the MILF was no walk in the park. Can you just imagine? The peace talk started under then-President Fidel V. Ramos. And it has lasted almost two decades with many, many ups and downs, many armed clashes, 
caused by perceived violations of terms of the peace talks. Finally, an agreement was signed under the late President Benigno Simeon Aquino III, and a law was passed under our current President, Rodrigo Roa Duterte. This law, the Bangsamoro Organic Law, or BOL, was the foundation for the establishment of the Bangsamoro Autonomous Regional Government, which came into being after a plebiscite was conducted in Muslim Mindanao. Now, a plebiscite is like an election where all citizens of the area get to vote. In the 2019 Bangsamoro Autonomy Plebiscite, ratified, it succeeded, it ratified the law and replaced the then autonomous region in Muslim Mindanao with the present Bangsamoro Autonomous Region, uh, also known as BARM. And it also determined the provinces and communities that would become part of the region. The creation of this region called BARM, this is going to be very interesting for you, it introduced a new system of government. Now, the Philippines is a presidential system. In the autonomous region, we will be having a parliamentary system of government. And the Bangsamoro Transition Authority is the transitional parliament mandated to pass the laws needed to enable the parliamentary system to function. This is truly a unique experiment in governance. And I'm so hoping that uh, communities in Myanmar, in Southern Thailand, could learn from our experience. But let me tell you, much work still has to be done. Much work is required to ensure smooth governance. Now, where on she talks peace, right? So you may be interested to know that Bangsamoro and Muslim women lobbied very hard for the passage of the law and demanding that our rights be respected. I'm one of the lobbyists. And that women be supported to be part of decision-making. And let me tell you again, lobbying by civil society had positive results. Women, youth, and indigenous communities now have reserved seats in parliament, and at least one woman must be appointed to the cabinet by law. This law also, the law also ensures an allocation of at least 5% of the budget for programs on gender and development. It calls for addressing the rights of women, combating, which you believe, climate change, and for women's needs to be considered in rehabilitation and development programs for those who have been displaced by armed conflict, by disasters. You know, women's participation and promotion still need to be ensured. During the pandemic, women's radicalization violent clan feuds, known as Rido in Muslim Mindanao, and gender-based violence did increase. Child marriage, for instance, although it has been banned, is still an alarming concern. Women's access 
to justice remain weak and ineffective. According to the UN resident coordinator, despite progress made in BARM, women's influence and inclusion in community affairs remain tenuous, especially in fragile contexts. So the Women, Peace and Security agenda, which is so crucial to BARM and conflict-affected communities in Muslim Mindanao, really need to be supported a lot. And we are so lucky today that our guest is the perfect resource person to help us understand why women's access to justice and why women, peace, and security. So let me introduce our young, very young guest, Attorney Shah Elijah Dumama Alba, also known as Lai by her friends, not Shah or Emperor, is the Bangsamoro Attorney General of the Farm. She is co-head of the Joint Secretariat of the Intergovernmental Relations Body. She has a BA in Public Administration from my university, the University of Philippines uh, in Diliman, and she finished her law degree at San Beda. Attorney Lai is an Asia Foundation Development Fellow alumna. She was part of the 2019 Obama Leaders Class in Asia and Tatler, that's a very exclusive high society magazine, by the way, Tatler Asia's Gen T list of 2020 leaders of tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. She is an Asia Peace Innovators Fellow for 2020. So, Attorney General Lai, Welcome to She Talks Peace. Assalamualaikum and good afternoon, Ma'am Amina. Uh, it's a privilege to be invited to speak uh, in your podcast. Thank you for joining us, Lai. I, I know that you just came from giving a very important speech. I'm really, really glad that uh, you made time because we have so many questions for you. To begin with, what's it like? being a young woman surrounded by powerful men and you're the attorney general yes i get asked that question a lot and um i'm very consistent you know in saying that you know i started in the peace process some so 2013 i would say um that's uh, almost 10 years ago and i would like to believe that it was my potential that really enticed the leadership of the Moro Islamic Liberation Front to like recruit me to be part of the legal team in the negotiations between the Moro Islamic Liberation Front and the government of the Philippines. Not uh, add to that that uh, you know the the MILF GPH peace process was also revolutionizing the the environment for peace processes in the sense that they were open to having women in the peace tables and i'm just really glad that uh during that time very much willing of course to give back to my community and here i am alhamdulillah so lai you now feel like you belong and it doesn't matter that you're surrounded by mla milf commanders and uh, you know all of these uh, very important male parliamentarians you belong Yes, I do. And I really am taking that seat in the table. Uh, when I say that, 
I mean, it's it's refreshing and very motivating to know that uh, my voice is being listened to, that my voice matters as much as the other voices uh, in the table, that they listen, they actually listen to a, to a woman, a young woman. Uh, and I'd like to believe that it's paving the way for other women, young women, who would like to dream and 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 venture into lawyering and other professions in in the Muslim communities. So tell us, what does an attorney general do in the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region of Muslim Mindanao? As attorney general, I am the chief legal counsel of the Bangsamoro government. We are the ones that represent the Bangsamoro government in litigation. We also render legal opinions on matters of governance and, and legal matters. Basically, during the transition period, we have a lot of gray areas. And as you mentioned earlier, we have a parliamentary form of government vis-a-vis -vis a unitary form of government in the Philippine framework. A lot of questions arise out of um, that kind of arrangement. And uh, as Attorney General, I'm also the co-head of the Intergovernmental Relations uh, Body Secretariat, a mechanism between the national government and the Bangsamoro government that resolves conflicting issues on jurisdiction between the national and, and the regional government. So, parang uh, in a sense, I'm, I'm the lawyer of the entire Bangsamoro bureaucracy. Yes, it's a heavy burden, but uh, I feel privileged also. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. That's, that's a very crucial thing because uh, a lot of laws have to be synchronized. For instance, lie, um, attorney lie, uh, the law that was passed banning child marriage. And there have been some leaders in BARM that have said that uh, this is un-Islamic, uh, that it should not be implemented in, in, uh, in BARM. So as Attorney General, what has your advice been? Because, uh, you know, you, you know uh, Islamic law uh, extremely well. You're a Sharia counselor after all. And, uh, you know, we all know that the banning of child marriage has already been passed uh, in Malaysia, Indonesia, even Saudi Arabia, uh, and in, in Egypt. Al-Azhar University has a fatwa against uh, child marriage. So 
So what has your advice been and, and what can be done to make uh, the practice of child marriage really illegal in the region? So as I mentioned, I'm also a Shari'a counselor as well as a regular member of the Philippine Bar. When that law was still a bill before Senate uh, with uh, Senator Lisa Contiveros, I brought it up to the level of the cabinet and we discussed it and I was instructed to lead a fo focus group discussion. Um, and I invited religious leaders, the women commission, the youth commission, people from the health sector, um, as well as the Sharia practitioners, you know, from the, the Sharia justice system to talk about it. And we came out with the common and unified position that we are not per se against the bill becoming a law, but we would like it not to apply to the Muslim communities and the indigenous people because Sharia law is divine law. It comes from the words of Allah uh, in, in the Quran and which cannot be repealed or amended by common law or something that is man-made. So that was our position and we made it we made it clear and uh, we made sure that we sent that position to the Senate and Congress. Unfortunately, it fell on deaf ears. I mean, during the time when they were deliberating it in the halls of Congress, we were not invited. It was only during the time when it was on the third reading that they sent us a letter uh, asking us for comments. And when we sent, by the time that we sent the comments, the period had already lasted was already going to be passed into law. So I would say that the lack of consultation made it um, difficult to de-harmonize the, the law. Ay, naku, attorney, attorney Lai, I can, I can see your dilemma. Even if you have a, a position that doesn't go with the opposition of the leadership in BARM, you have to present the position Right, that has been agreed on by by the leadership, and I know that you've been looking at news from the Islamic world and realize, as well as I do, that Islamic countries have actually banned uh, child marriage, citing the fact that the interpretation of Islamic law has several uh, support resources. It's not just the letter of the Quran or the Hadith, but um, circumstance. Uh, it's different in China and different in Saudi Arabia. But let's, um, I, 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 I sympathize. <laughs> and let's, uh, let's move, let's move on to the, the bigger issue. The access of women to justice, which is really critical because right now, you are still, I mean, the Bangsamoro uh, regional government is still in transition. So there's still many opportunities to ensure that our legal foundations would really secure our rights, women's rights to, to access to law. How has it been, Lai? What is uh, the BTA, uh, the Barb Regional Government? What are they doing to ensure that uh, women's access to justice is, uh, you know, uh, preserved? It might interest you, Ma'am Amina, that 
in a recent assessment, because I happen to also be the focal person for the Justice and Society Project, uh, which deals with the Sharia justice system, the multifaceted justice system in the Bangsamoro government. In a recent assessment, it has been found that the Sharia courts have become the women's courts, meaning most of the cases that are being litigated at the level of the Sharia courts are women cases. Divorce, custody, support. So I would like um, to believe that uh, the existence of the Sharia courts in the Bangsamoro Autonomous Region or even in the Philippines have actually strengthened the position of women, Muslim women in society in the sense that it has given women um, enough sufficient access to justice. And the if you look at the Code of Muslim Personal Laws, most of the um, provisions there would really lean towards you know, favoring women. Uh, as to domestic abuse, violence against women and children, the Bangsamoro government has already institutionalized the regional um, interagency regional interagency council against trafficking and violence against women upon the uh, upon the request of Bangsamoro Women Commission Chairwoman. MP by non So since there is no mechanism that is in place, we have expanded the jurisdiction of the Riyakat into including uh, vows, vow, no? violence against women. Uh, there's also a lot of engagement with the civil society organizations that focus on gender and development. Um, we have uh, seen, I personally have attended several focus group discussions as to why there's still a need to um, you know, strengthen also access of women to justice, like even as simple as violence against women, complaints, desk. So there are structural and institutional challenges at the moment, but we are with the, with the leadership of Mambay Non Karon in the Bangsamoro Women Commission, we are really going towards the correct direction. And I would like to see that uh, the Sharia justice system is also giving that kind of push no? that we we need uh, at the level of the Bangsamoro Parliament. We have so many women champions, even women lawyers there that are pushing for the women peace and security agenda. And uh, I'm, I'm really hopeful that in the coming years, even during the transition period, we will be able to develop a relevant and sustainable framework on women, peace and security. You, you mentioned some, some institutional problems. Um, Attorney Lai, I'm, I, I know that uh, per law, our rights are being protected, but in reality, it's not that easy. I, mean, I know that we only have so few courts, the level of knowledge of women themselves about their rights is also law. So what what's being done to address this this challenges what what what, uh, what can be done to well maybe neutralize these barriers attorney line okay so we have to understand that for the longest time in the context of conflict women have been seen as victims no the lens that we have always used is that the women are victims but now we are transforming the role of women into more participative 
um, components of society uh, in terms of policy making, consultations, and uh, and the civic participation. The Bangsamoro Women Commission is leading that. Uh, we have already uh, launched several programs that advance the rights of women, and we have seen that uh, the impact on the ground, you know, it's, it's, it's palpable. And when I say that, I mean, it's because, for example, um, women are now rise, you know, getting out of that, the, the shell of stigma, the, the, the stigma that, um, you know, they, they won't report cases or they don't know where to go. Uh, in fact, they are also the ones that are, active in translating laws into the dialects that they know because, you know, it, it stems from the lack of education, lack of awareness, lack of access to, to, to information as well. So we have developed, uh, Bangsumoro organic law in different dialects aside from English. Uh, and then there's, uh, a lot of toolkits that, uh, the Bangsumoro Women Commission is developing for uh, for, for men and gender development, and they're also making into it. So, in, in terms of reach, we are able to reach more people now because of that kind of engagement going down to the grassroots of the community and really, really listening to what they need and what they want. That sounds, that sounds promising, but, um, yep, a lot more needs to be done. But I'm, I'm really curious, Attorney Lai. Um, about what the men in your family think about all of this that you're doing because I know I read somewhere that you wanted to be a doctor. No, your father wanted you to be a doctor. You wanted to be a lawyer. How did that conversation go? How did you convince your father? So I come, I come from a family of doctors. My father is a doctor. I have a brother and a sister who are doctors. So I think the family dream was like to build a a, a hospital where, you know, <laughs> it would be a family hospital where all the members of uh, uh, the doctors would be from members of the family. But I really, as young as high school, I knew that I really wanted to become a lawyer. So I graduated high school 14 years old. At that time, I would say that I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I let my father decide. Um, but I, I took up a pre-medicine course in UP the first time. But then, by the third year, I told him, Dad, this is not for me. I know that this is your dream, that you have a handful of doctors in the family, but I really want to become a lawyer. So he said, no, you know, lawyering is not a profession in Islam. You will have to lie for for your client. And lying, It's huh? <laughs> not good in Islam, something like that. So, lying, yes. Oh, kasi sabi niya, when you become a, a lawyer, you have to defend somebody who might have actually committed a crime, etc. So, um, so uh, I, I cried. I did. I cried. Um, and then, uh, the following day, he called me up and said, you know what? I thought about it. We don't have any lawyers in the family. It would be nice to have one. Um, so I will support. Uh, and that's how it came about. So tears are part of the weapons 
that that yes the daughters <laughs> can use on their dads. I I I, I can right. I can see the value okay. of that. But how about your husband? I mean, another important male in your family is he is he a supportive husband? He doesn't mind that you're attorney general and occupy this very important position. I'm alhamdulillah. I feel very lucky to be married to a man who feels secure power in in uh, among Samoro government. He's very supportive. He understands a lot. In fact, it was his birthday yesterday and I was not here. I was in Manila. I arrived. Uh, yeah, so I, I was, um, I had a, a meeting with another national agency yesterday. But it was, it never became a problem. It never becomes a problem. We have two kids and he doesn't mind staying with the kids when I have to be away for work. It also adds value to why I am very effective in my work. I would like to believe that I'm effective at my work because I have a very strong support system. And that support system I can rely on um, and I can depend on depend on all the time, starting with my, my husband. You know, like what you're sharing about your father and your husband really breaks the stereotype of a Muslim male who sees women as you know, second-class citizens who should stay at home and cook and have children. So you actually have a husband who is okay with taking care of the of the kids. That's that's fun, you know that's really fantastic, and I'm glad you have that support system because I know you're going to be needing that kind of a support system as you address the challenges that you're facing in Muslim Mindanao as a leader. So, Lai, what has been the biggest challenge to you so far as Attorney General, as a leader in Muslim Mindanao? Uh, I, I would say it was during the first part of the establishment of the, of the BARM. In 2019, we replaced the ARMM, as you mentioned earlier, and part of that had to come the the gradual phasing out of the ARMM employees. So everybody had to be replaced except for the three sectors of education, social service, and health. So all of the employees of the ARMM before had to be phased out of the government and so so that the BARM would have the free hand in hiring new people into the system. I became the face of phasing out of the ARMM employees, and it was not a very pleasant experience. In fact, along the way, I received threats to my life, to my family's life, um, because we are basically talking about source of income, um, source of living. So it was, the I, I would say, I, I think the most challenging part, um, how to really make people understand. It's always about communication, I guess. Uh, how do you make people understand that it's not about you? It's not about the person, but it's just, you know, part of the job. So, yes, we have had uh, a number of challenges like COVID-19, but not, no, nothing compared to that experience in 2019. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So it's, it's, it's stabilized. And I think uh, in large part also because you have the full confidence and support of the, uh, the regional governor and uh, the leadership of the Moro Islamic Liberation Front. So, so tell me, Lai, as Attorney General, what can you advise the Bangsamoro Transition Authority and the BAM Regional Government with regards to supporting the access of uh, women uh, to to justice, what what more can be done given the resources that we have in the region? So Muslim governance or Islam Islamic public administration really involves one pillar, one important pillar, and that is consultation, the shura. No, even if we have a solid framework using the perspective of the leadership at this point, it will never be effective if we don't get the buy-in from the stakeholders themselves. We have to be really listening to, to the people and consulting them. It became difficult during the time of COVID-19 because of the lack of mobility. But now that we have adapted to technology and we have eased the restrictions nowadays, uh, it would be much easier to go down and and talk to the people. And I say this not only about access to justice or women's rights, advancements of, uh, advancement of women's rights, but under the Bangsamoro Organic Law, we have several key priority legislations that need to be passed during the transition period. And out of the six, we are still at three. So there are three main legislations under the organic law that have to be passed and yet it's still stalled. They are still stalled. These are the, okay, so the Bangsamoro Electoral Code. So one reason why, you know, the extension, the period of extension had to be extended until 2025 because basically a parliamentary form of government would require a different set of electoral laws that we don't have yet. Yeah, it's so important that we, we pass the electoral code in time for the 2025 elections because another extension is not at the table, not on the table. It can never be on the table. The next um, legislation is the Bangsamoro Revenue Code. So we talk about the resources, uh, sources of income. Uh, and finally, the Bangsamoro Local Government Code. In a regional setup, the relationship between the local governments and the regional government is critical. If you don't align the agenda of the regional government and the local government units under it, you will really never, you know, see progress uh, as you would hope. And at the moment, the political landscape, the political environment that we have, you might have read some on the news, uh, is that, you know, we, we, it's, it has become, it has become a challenge for us to relate to the local government units. So it's, uh, it's really important that we have that Bangsamoro local government code. So my advice would really, you know, just really go out there, have the buy-in of the people and, and get to it. Get, get to doing 
what everybody's supposed to do under the Bangsamoro Organic Law because we cannot afford another extension. Yep, you've got uh, three years. Attorney Lai, talking about the um, the, the local government um, code, um, you know that my my mom, um, when she was in the Senate, managed to uh, include in the local government code of the country that there should be sectoral representation in the local councils, in the Sangonians. And that should include a sectoral seat for women. Now, in the Bangsamor Organic Law, you have a sectoral seat for women reserved under the law. So what do you think, Attorney Lai? Would it be possible to put that in the uh, local government code for BARM, that there be a sectoral seat for women? After all, you have uh, seats for youth. You have the Sangguniang Kabataan. That would make us unique in the entire country, Attorney Lai. Is that possible? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. We have all the wiggle room to um, put it there. Uh, and also, it might interest you to know that one mechanism that we have put in place as the sort of intergovernmental relations mechanism between the, gov- between the regional government and the local government units is the Council of Leaders. And in the Council of Leaders, there is also a reserved seat for women. So that is, we're not just talking about the lower level local government units having a seat for, for women, but also at the top, no, uh, not just at the parliament, but really the advisory council for the entire regional government vis-a-vis the local government units under it. We have also reserved a seat for women. It is a recognition of the significance of, uh, of women in institution, nation building and you know i would always say that you know, the presence of women would humanize things um, and uh, i think we need that right now uh, the, um, the sense of of humanity <laughs> so yeah i i couldn't agree more nakwaternilai if you can find a way to have that provision included in the BARM local government code, that's going to be a fantastic legacy for Attorney General Lai. Thank you. Inshallah. I will look into it. I've not seen the, the draft bill. That's, that's the thing. I have not really um, seen it. Let's work on it. Yes. Let's work on Inshallah. it. Let's work on it, Apo. Attorney Lai. Yeah. Now, uh, we're we're close. We're we're nearing an, an hour. Time always flies when you have a fantastic conversation. So before we say goodbyes, why don't you share uh, some encouraging words for young for young women for the young everywhere uh, in the world uh, who are listening to to us? What can they do? to ensure the security of their communities, the peace for their communities, and uh, securing their hopes for the future. So your advice, I think, is going to uh, encourage many of our listeners today. Okay. Um, my advice to young women is that you 
should the only well the only other person that could stop you from doing anything is yourself okay so if you um put yourself put your mind into doing something and you do everything to do it i'm i'm sure that you'll be able to do it so i i would encourage them to really participate um you know things don't really have don't things don't really need to have something in return no doing something should not always have a, a reciprocation of something else as a reward uh the fact remains that women are even in the in the core of the family the women really take a, a decisive position and i would share an anecdote ma'am so my father is actually under secretary of the department of health no so he would ask me so his area of jurisdiction would be visayas and mindanao and he would constantly ask me why do you have a low rate of vaccination rate in the barm okay so i would say okay so this is the so according to the ministry of health this is the, these are the reasons something like that but i one time i told him you know what I, dad i i actually have an idea because i was talking to minister iqbal who is the minister of basic higher and technical education before and um convinced him to get a, a vaccine no i told him you you sh- you need to get vaccinated um and one of his escorts told me not to tell his wife and i said why yeah because the the wife might not be agreeable to it and that made me realize the power of the woman somebody <laughs> like minister iqbal you get what i mean would be so scared to get vaccinated because the wife might get mad so if you get the mother if you convince the mother to get the vaccination the husband will follow suit the children will follow suit the parents the mothers the grandmothers etc etc so i told them why not so i told them why not you know change your approach target the women because the women will really bring in the numbers uh in the household so i guess with an anecdote i would say it's always the realization that we play a major role in society as as small as the family no as mas pinakamababa the lowest of the uh, social unit um being in the family and you have to take charge of that uh the power nobody can stop you from doing anything except yourself so in terms of participation in uh in the government in society in in public discourse you have to really step up so i think that's my i hope that uh there's wisdom in that encouraging it, it, there's encouragement in that uh in those words ma'am because that's also what you know help me become a lawyer i stood up and told my dad hey this is what i want uh and that re- really charted the horse for me wise words indeed attorney lai and lived lived reality the power of women so dear listeners you heard attorney our attorney general from the bangsamoro autonomous region 
for Muslim uh, Mindanao. And uh, Attorney Lai Dumama Alba uh, walks the walk, not just talks the talk. She's a, a woman uh, in a leadership role in an area that the world believes, in a Muslim area, the world believes, uh, treats women like second-class uh, citizens, and yet here she is, Attorney General. Thank you so much, Attorney Lai, for sharing this hour with us and sharing your experiences, your vision for the future, and such encouraging uh, anecdotes for those who are listening to us. So my dear listeners uh, from all over, thanks again for being with us this, uh, this past hour. This is Amina Rasul from the Philippine Center for Islam and Democracy saying goodbye, have a great uh, week ahead, and see you again. Listen to us again next week. Bye! She Talks Peace is brought to you in partnership with Podcast Network Asia and Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. For more information, check out their website at podcastnetwork.asia and podmetrics.co. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.